3: Anyway It was um But I, yeah, I enjoyed it Not just for the boobs um,
0: yeah. yeah That needs to be you That God. needs to be The clip at the start Ross I did enjoy it Not yeah. just for the boobs Britain An ancient kingdom With legends of violence Cruelty And torment in its blood Join your hosts, Ross,
1: John, and James, as they bravely tread where few would dare. Witness their journey into the horrific history of British horror. They are.
0: Gentlemen, goblins, and ghouls, welcome back to the 32nd episode of the General Witchfinders podcast. I'm James in Bournemouth, in southern England.
4: I'm John Pountney, and I'm here in South Wales, which is still frozen into the heart of the south of Wales.
3: Ooh, and I'm Ross in very cold Dorchester on the, in southern England. And this time we bring you a, a good, good story for
1: Christmas, Christmas. Dolby. Whistle I'll come to you. the original, and stigma. This is a tale of the supernatural. It's the work of a man who wrote ghost stories as a sideline. The author, M. R. James, was an archaeologist, medieval historian, and a great expert on the early history of the Bible. He was vice chancellor at Cambridge University during the First World War, and later became the provost of Eton, where he died in 1936. He's best known for his ghost stories, all of which have a peculiar atmosphere of cranky scholarship. The darkest of them is called Whistle, and I'll come to you. It's a story of solitude and terror, and it has a moral too. It hints at the dangers of intellectual pride and shows how a man's reason can be overthrown when he fails to acknowledge those forces inside himself, which he simply cannot understand.
0: Okay, so Whistle and I'll Come to You is a 1968 BBC television drama adaptation. The 1904 Ghost Story, Oh Whistle and I'll Come to You, My Lad, by M.R. James. It tells of an eccentric and distracted professor who happens upon a strange whistle while exploring a Knights Templar Cemetery on the East Anglian Coast. When blown, the whistle unleashes a frightening supernatural force. The production starred Michael Horden and was adapted and directed by Jonathan Miller. It was broadcast as part of the BBC Arts strand Omnibus and inspired a new yearly strand of M.R. James television adaptations known as a ghost story for Christmas. Jonathan Miller adapted his 1968 version as part of the BBC Arts Strand Omnibus, which normally uh, consisted mainly of arts documentaries. So the dramatic adaptation was an unusual move. This probably explains Miller's documentary-like introduction to the film. The adaptation itself changes a number of aspects of James' story, turning the academic, described in the story as young, neat, and precise of speech, into a bubbling, awkward, middle-aged eccentric. This adaptation was filmed on the Norfolk coast at Waxham and nearby. The performance of Michael Horden is especially acclaimed for his hushed mutterings and repetition of other characters' words, Mm. coupled with a discernible lack of social skills, turning the professor from an academic caricature into a more rounded character, described by horror aficionado David Caracas as especially daring for its day. The stage journal, Plays and Players, suggested that Horden's performance hints that the professor suffers from a neurological condition called the idea of a presence. Much of the script was, <laughs> much of the script was improvised on location with the actors. So yes,
3: so, this is the uh, probably the fourth time I've watched this one. Okay, and it's the first time I've watched it on DVD. Um, mm. The the uh, collected um, ghost stories have been on my Amazon wish list for a long time. Yeah, but I, I can never bring myself to pay as much as um, they want for it. You can
4: just get them on eBay. I think I bought mine on eBay for like twenty quid. or well, No, I
3: I got mine in a charity shop for I think mm. twenty five pounds. I was really excited, and the and the day I found it, I realised that they were doing a release of of the blue of it on Blu-ray rather than DVD. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> nah. should have held out for that. However it's still the best quality I've ever seen it because I've never watched yes. it on YouTube before yes 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 that was good it was good to watch it on there
4: I've, I've got to say that it's a, such a pleasure to watch something good rather than a pile of shit like <laughs> the uh, Golden Vampires isn't it yes <laughs> it does it make is, for it, a much happier podcast it's all does. about
3: it's all about peaks and troughs in this show you know it, it, it's, it's strange, more strange. like
4: endurance <laughs> with the
3: uh... well you have um, given me the thumbs up for the next, the next 12 months episode so yes far, I have although I have changed one of them already. Uh, oh, so what now?
4: Oh, I saw a film uh, made in 1985
3: where a woman's boobies get covered in jelly. Well, that's actually the second thing we're going to watch in a minute, isn't it?
4: Yeah. Uh, um. Um, last night we were we had um, talking pictures on very late, and I noticed that. Um, uh confessions of a window cleaner was on <laughs> with um friend of the podcast Robin Asquith. i don't know if yeah. he's a friend of the podcast but um I'd like him to be but I also yeah. didn't realize until it was playing last night that it's direct directed by val guest who was also the director of the Quatermass mass experiment wow Ooh. which is a pretty amazing cr- cr- Career trajectory, isn't it? Well, it's a
0: broad CV, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's incredible, isn't it? So, what I should point out that this was the first time that I've ever watched this version. Oh, okay. I saw that I've seen the more modern one. Ah. I've seen on, I think, when Mark Gassis did like his uh, really amazing horror yeah, yeah, series, yeah. Mm. he talks about this and it features. Like a number of the scenes yeah. as he talks yes. about it. So yeah. I felt immediately familiar with it. But yeah, you this it? was my first time... Well, you know. Yeah. Just, I know what the story's about. Yeah. So this is the first time that I've watched it from absolute beginning to end. Mm. And as we were just saying in Ross's little... Uh, you know, the bit... The, 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 uh, the introduction to the episode is... The the, the most remarkable thing is that it starts off with Jonathan Miller giving what I put down as amazing lecturer vibes. (laughs) Straight off. He's like, right, listen up, everybody. And I've just put, this was a different time. Yeah. You couldn't do this now. No. You couldn't do that. Listen up, idiots. <laughs> Here's what the theme of this program are. And this yes. is what you need to know. Yeah, yeah, I thought yeah. it was so great. It's so refreshing. Just like yes. a clearly very intelligent man.
4: A polymath of huge...
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Dear listener, if you've yeah. never watched it, it's it's available on YouTube. I really, really recommend watching uh, Jonathan Miller mm. taking a part.
4: Oh, Powell. Powell, Enoch
0: Powell. Enoch Powell. Yeah. It's brilliant. Just watch a man who's clearly very clever and mm. just saying, look, I'm going to show you how, you know, why your ideas are so flawed and so wrong. Yes. Basically without even having to sort of raise the, te- the the tone or the timbre mm. of his voice at any point. He's a great man. He's a great man, Jonathan Miller. Mm. But yeah, so I really enjoy So I just love that bit at the start. And just what I put is he mentions that he's a, that uh, he says, our character is a man who's lived his life in cranky scholarship. Cranky scholarship, yeah. <laughs> and I've just put that's my life's aim. That's <laughs> my life's goal. I, I I want it put on my gravestone. He lived his life in cranky scholarship, not all, not scholarship of the crankies. That's a, <laughs> that's a whole different podcast.
3: <laughs> um, it, this also um. Uh, continues the tradition of nice fonts on the beginning uh, oh, I, think yeah. it, I think that was um, avant-garde or something like that It's the whole thing is
4: just a beautiful object isn't it, not one shot is out of place it looks great in black and white um, yeah like you say the typefaces are really well judged and well chosen because it looks kind of modern even though it's, I mean the whole thing really looks very timeless doesn't it because yeah. it was, yes. 1968, but it could have been made last week, or it could have been made in the 30s. Mm. Really, yes. Parts of it look like silent, silent cinema.
3: Yeah, yeah. We um, opened up um, um, some maids making the bed, which is a bit of a foreshadow for what's yes. coming up later. Yeah. First thing I thought was like, oh, I really miss having a bed with like sheets on top of me and a and a blanket. Really? Yeah. And, it, an yeah and an eider
4: down. Yeah. an Ida down. noted down. Because my grandmother had an eider down.
3: I remember it being very, very exciting when we got our first duvet um, in our house.
4: <laughs> wow! <laughs> and um, C- Cleaver is appearing on this podcast from um, the year 1879.
3: It, we did. It, well, we yeah. I, I do feel like my sort of uh, my house was a little bit behind. We used to have a paraffin heater in our bedroom. And um, oh my god! <laughs> and it, so it felt like my parents waited till I left home before they got central heating. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then they thing. never switch it on. Yeah. <laughs> no one God, no one, no one We did. Off.
4: Yeah, we didn't have um I've never had a house with central heating until I lived in Cardiff. Because the farm I grew up on certainly didn't have it wow. like, barely had heating, let alone yeah. centralized heating. But I think um central heating is a very modern
3: uh serious. Well, we're, we're, we're all it, going really? backwards, though. the other day I had to go to one of our neighbours who um I got a card and they took in a package for us. And I said like, oh, I don't think they're in, and so oh, I try. So I knocked on the door, and <laughs> well, I just, this- oh, just let
0: myself in. So <laughs> <it's appropriate. laughs>
3: and I saw this torch coming down the down the um, uh, down the hallway through mm-hmm. their door, and uh, it was a guy that he had like one of these head torches on, and he goes, "Oh yeah, right. go and get me." Right. And he said, "Are you are you on Oct- on octopus?" And I said, "What?" And he said, "Are you on octopus energy?" And I said, "No," and he said, oh, yes. "We are." They said, "If we don't turn our energy on, don't, have it, don't use any energy between four and six They'll give us a bit of money, so we're just sitting in here, um, in the dark. In the dark. Nice. <laughs> <laughs>
5: that. I don't know how Most much you're going get. get. I don't get, know,
3: a couple of quid. I said, we're uh, we're, we're with Octopus tomorrow. Yeah, it'd be for it. like. Is it come to this? <laughs> like you got, yeah. you're sitting there in the dark. He said, oh, we're having a glass of wine and uh, and listen to the um yeah, it's the, over on the on the iPad." Okay. Yeah,
4: twenty twenty first century Britain is yeah. on its, it's knees. It's a failed
0: state. It's a failed state. If,
4: yeah, if you're listening abroad, dear listener, don't, don't come here. Yeah. <laughs>
5: all,
0: it, it's
4: horrible. It's, if you can hear this, park. you are the resistance.
5: <laughs>
4: <laughs> so it opens so, with a scene of a beach with a very nice superimposed moon. Ooh, I mm. thought it was the sun. Oh, yeah, well, have I... I've written superimposed moon, but it is a sun. Um, sorry. Which I think is nicely done, but also the opening scene of Stigma. It's a red sun. Has a has a superimposed Ooh. red sun, which turns into the card, doesn't it? Yes. Mm. Um which I thought was quite interesting. Um, mm. so then you've got your, your um foreword from our Well, I don't know if it is Jonathan Miller. Is it Jonathan it Miller himself? A or, lot or, oh like right, Jonathan okay. Miller, I would say, and then I would put money on it. We basically go straight into the opening scene, which is the bed being made, and then we have Professor Parkin, who is Pref- 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 Professor Parkins in the original oh, okay. story. It's a strange um, change to make.
3: Yeah, um, he gets a taxi, which he pays for with two coins. I noticed. Yeah. I'd I never ever pay a taxi with coins. Out
4: one and six or something, yeah. isn't it? Uh, and then we go straight into what? I, what? Because I've seen this so many times. I was thinking about it before it started this time. And I think it's a programme which is very much about um utterances, silence, mm. um yeah. ennui, boredom. There's an entire scene where a man describes the facilities of the hotel and doesn't actually use a word.
5: Yeah.
4: yeah. He's just like uh, 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 uh. And it's it's quite hard to describe that until you've yeah. seen it visually, isn't it? Yeah. And that, yeah. and and I think that's something which does lend itself to the feel of it being a bit like a silent film. I, yeah, yes. I thought that
3: bit was yeah, it was a little bit of comedy in there as well, wasn't yes. it? Yes, yeah.
4: yeah, 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 yeah.
3: But it was what it was the whole thing about the awkwardness of silences, mm. isn't it? And and how yes. if you're a little bit anxious about it, that you you just got to feel that that, that silence, and which and, is what
4: Parkin does. Cause yeah. It's a, uh to do, do play golf uh, barely at all if ever or that it's just yeah. that kind of constant yeah it's just cobblers that he's talking isn't it
3: this is one of the uh, one of the um only things i've seen on television where you're kind of getting a insight into the person's thoughts because mm. you can, he's almost having this conversation with himself all uh, the yeah, time yeah. yeah yeah um and it's really interesting that because whenever uh, I hope Beck doesn't mind me saying this, if I sometimes <laughs> I'll be like in the kitchen washing up, and I can see her out in the garden, doing, right? She's putting the washing out, I can see her just talking to herself oh, and really? going, going for whole sort of conversations, and you know, sort of like, and it's like she says, "Yeah, I do it all the time. I practice conversations. I practice conversations." And then, mm-hmm. and when you sort of when you notice you, when you start walking around and start looking, at, well, I don't, I don't walk around looking at people, but you do notice a oh, lot yeah. of people chat or to themselves all the time. Yeah. And, it's, and I was reading this thing in um, 14 times saying that... Um, that be bastion this,
5: of science. Yes. Of course you were.
3: They've done something about the inner monologue. And they, they said yes. that the majority of people do have an inner monologue and it is their own voice, just talking to them. and, and it's, it, Whereas some people don't. And I don't think I do. But they were mm. saying oh. you can have some kind of um some there's if you can have some kind of like brain damage where you lose that in a voice. Mm. Um, and they said, and the person, one of the people described, it, they said it, it it was just incredibly quiet all the time. But I don't mm. have someone talking to me all the time. And but you can see mm. this guy. There's a point where he sees a woman looking at him uh, when he's having a meal. Yeah. And you can it's almost like seeing like he would really love to talk to her but he can't do it but he has he has that conversation yes. yeah, in his yeah, head yeah, yeah, what yeah, what yeah, he would yeah.
0: say to her. Potentially, my, yes. my my point from this is that they all seem quite amazed that he's on his own. <laughs> mm. Mm. Right. And I've put down right, this is something that I've done. Does it like when I uh, when I the back in twenty seventeen, I moved Mm. to this uh, in my new flat and it was immensely stressful. It was a really when you when you move, it's a really, really stressful period. And it'd be oh it it was a really and just a rough couple of months to to do with things like getting the deposit back from my old flat and things like that and literally just running out of (laughs) money that had flood in the old flat. When he said, when he's trying to help me, all, all kinds of things like this. So I thought, I just want to go and have like a couple of weeks away. I just want to get away. And I went and stayed. I went to. I went and stayed the three cocks in, John. Which I have no way. Yeah, yeah. Good yeah. God. Yeah. Where'd I want to knock myself out on a beam? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that, that exact the same place. Right? Because, dear listener, this is um, just. This is just outside of. where is it just. on Thank you, mate. My brain, my mind's gone <laughs> black. Um, so this is just outside of Hay-on-Wye. I'd always wanted yeah. to go to Hay-on-Wye yeah. and stayed at a place called the Three Cocks Inn and there's a very yeah. nice pub over the road. There is, and yeah, both, yeah, yeah, And both, in both locations, while I was there, people were going yeah. to me, that's why you here. I was like, well, it's, I'm on holiday at the moment. I just, I just yeah. wanted a little break. Yeah. They were like, are you here on your own? I like, yeah. <laughs> and it really weirded people out. And in the morning, when I was having breakfast, there were like a couple of other sort of couples and I think yeah. like uh, a family of four. And you could see yeah. all just like looking at me like, what is that guy on his own? <laughs> What's he doing here? It's a very,
4: it's a very Jamesian idea. And I don't mean you, yeah. as in James oh, yeah, Randall, Mr. Yeah, yeah. M- M- Jamesian to have Bachelors yeah. go into places on their own to look at, like, um, you know, effigies or carvings yeah. or. Yeah. Or. Very close to there, James. Helen and mm. I went to one of the friendless churches. Yeah. Uh, which is near a, a, a ruined uh, Victorian asylum. And um, Hell had oh, a very a strong supernatural uh, experience where she saw um, women being drowned. Wow. And we found out later that the church was very close to where they used to do um, witch ducking in the like 17th century.
0: Wow! Now, and just to add some extra sugar and spice on this, yes, yes, for, for Ross's case, John yeah. told Kirsty and I about this when we went down for John's mm. exhibition. Mm. Mm. And when Kirsty and I went to Wales in the holidays, we were like, "We'll try and find that place." <laughs> yeah, and we couldn't find it because we realised that you would need like an a, like an ordnance survey map. It it just was it was so off the beaten track. Yes. But the village that's nearby it's got a weird vibe. You know? <laughs> like a really weird, kind of deserted, everything was shut up. That, that's just and Wales, James. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but both of us were just like, something feels off and wrong about yes. this place. Yeah, yeah. So just yeah, yeah. yeah, the general environs, it feels a bit weird. I used to
3: have to do a lot of travel on my own for work. Like mm. Germany, Dubai, mm-hmm. uh New York. And I'm not showing off. I'm just saying, like going around to these places, and you do get. I don't that, remember any of this, Cleves. When when it, was this? A couple of different, um, it was two, uh, so Dubai was two jobs, three jobs ago, right? And, oh, yeah, uh, I didn't Is that when you went to that restaurant where you got served by dwarves? Yeah, yeah, no, I remember. <laughs> I didn't realise that the um, the the, the make D came up and it was a dwarf, and I thought, okay, they, they they've got a, uh, there's a dwarf here, but then. It, then I noticed when, when the waiter came, he was a dwarf as well, and I realized that everyone in there were dwarves, and um, yeah. But that, um, that that wasn't the only weird thing in there. Were everyone, these, everyone was smoking you, it at the tables, and that was weird as well. So it was just, it was like, shh, Dubai there. Yeah, what difficult.
4: kind of dwarves were they? Were they Dubai Dubaiian dwarves, or were they like dwarves from around <laughs> the world? They were the dwarves. Caucasian
3: dwarves, so they must have been shipped Really? There
4: in so there's wow. like a, a kind yeah. of um, enclave of dwarves there.
0: Yeah. Maybe, it will feel between the pantos, doesn't yeah. it? <laughs> and, I, I'll um, decide if I can... Ewok films. Maybe when and they you, were okay.
3: drilling for um, uh, coal, they sort of broke into one of their caves and they, they just all poured out. I won't put that <laughs> in. Drilling me. for coal? <laughs> no, drilling for oil, I meant. Oil. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah.
5: I don't know if oil. you've got much of a grasp
4: of industrial history, please. <laughs> <laughs> drilling for coal.
3: Oh. Yeah, um, but yeah, I, I, could, I have that... S- I, I have an understanding of sort of like just wandering around places because you've got nothing mm. to do. Mm. There's no one else around because everyone's mm. inside their room. And there's a bit when you're sort of like just looking at the, the newspapers. Yes, and, and, I, and you just like spend ages doing things that would nothing. normally take you a would take, age, yeah, 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 take yeah, you a long yeah. time at all just to fill that time because you know, yes you know I've done all my work you know <laughs> then was a, then was awake back at home so I no ring yeah anyone, and yeah.
4: I do like um one of the things I like MR James for and this film and um a warning to the curious is the kind of deep um dive or whatever they call it these days you get into the world of like hospitality in the Victorian times mm. where mm. someone would turn your bed down
1: and run some, your bath. A,
4: yeah, someone would run your bath run but your there's bath no there, bloody ever. um bubble bath in it so yeah. it's just like it's just like still water, which it looks really better. strange to modernize. I was doesn't thinking, it?
3: how how much you'd have to pay to be in a hotel where someone would run you a bath? On a bath
4: these days, yeah. Um, you'd have a guy, the boots, who would come and um, you know polish your shoes for you, yeah. and potentially like reheel yes. your shoes and stuff. So it's a whole world of skills which are now kind of well, it's either seen as being super luxurious or kind of bizarre now, aren't yeah. they?
3: Um, so he goes off for a, a couple of what did he call it a yomp or a, um <laughs> or something like, along those lines
4: something like that yes
3: yeah a trudge a trudge yes. spooky he says that. yeah spooky spooky um yeah. <laughs> just wanders along the beach um
4: it's amazing it, it's basically the life mm. I want to have I really want to go to Norfolk I've never been to Norfolk except to collect a, a road eight hundred that I bought once
5: yeah.
4: um and it's just trudging along
0: meandering isn't it really and also i think it's very interesting because i'm aware that like mr james because of his sort of uh with cambridge cambridge is quite close to norfolk and things Mm -hmm. such as that but he would have known that locale very well yes and of course it's also the same location for warning for the curious wasn't it Mm. and it's just that whole fence kind of thing of where does land and sea begin yeah definitely doesn't it it's that whole kind of that has that mysterious property as to where you know that degree of ancientness mm. I mean, our old favorite the Sutton Hoo Horde. Mm-hmm. that whole kind of like ancient Britons plus the you know a hinterland between the land and the sea mm. and it's it's just immediately all of those things are really evocative and yes. like ooh, spooky and like you John I was like oh, well I'm going to have a look around here okay, <laughs> it's so- appealing
3: <laughs> Please go and become a patron of ours. Um, <laughs> so we three, three pound that. a month would help us get a little bit of money together, and we, we could actually record a uh, 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 general behind finders. Our witch own for the curious
4: yep. travelogue. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we could
3: do a little travelogue of witches' like right, world. Yeah,
4: <laughs> <laughs> witches' world. Witches' yeah. world. Um, I've I've not done very good notes on this.
0: Well, does it, so basically, <laughs> well, he, he goes to a graveyard, which um, is amazing. We should point out that yeah. the, the graveyard is again, bearing in mind that this would have been done on quite a small budget. Yes, really. The, the graveyard, how they've made it look, is amazing. In it the terms of absolute, it's, it's, right, it's like, probably the best graveyard of all time, isn't it? It's it's like an abandoned graveyard. It doesn't yes. seem to be attached to a church. No, it seems to be like. Well, it's, on, it's on the like edge. Nature of, is reclaiming it. It's because yes, on the sea is eroding it away. Eroding so oh,
3: it, uh, it away, and um, on the erosion of the sea is, is um, revealed some bones from a, 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 um, a grave. A grave, um, mm. which he goes and starts pulling the bones out, which is like I wouldn't do that, uh, <laughs> and then finds a little uh, recorder or a whistle. Whistle, yes. Yeah. So um, in
4: the in the original story, this is a uh, Knights Templar preceptory, which is not the, or perceptory, I'm not sure how you pronounce mm. it, which is the kind of monastery of the Knights Templar who someone else asks him to visit it. And this is what this is oh. why he ends up finding it in the original story. Um, and then he finds the, the whistle in a kind of, what he thinks might've been an altar. Whereas this is slightly different where it's protruding yes. out of the kind of cliff
3: side, isn't, isn't it? it. I, um, I said to Beck, who was half watching this, mainly complaining about the, the eating noises um, mm. uh, that he was making all the fruits. So, do I have grapefruit? Uh, yeah. Uh,
4: <laughs> it's in there. Oh, a delicious
3: breakfast. Oh, just, uh, grapefruit. I grapefruit. Fruit. grapefruit disgusting. What does like, he have?
4: Haddock? haddock. Does he have haddock? Yeah, I'd love oh. a bit
3: of haddock for breakfast, but grapefruit. grapefruit, a cats
5: stand grapefruit.
4: Oh, my nan used to have grapefruit for breakfast. This is, uh, Lots of things in this make me think of how attached I still am to the era that this shows yeah. mm. through living... With, with my nan, who yeah. was born in 1910. Yeah. So a lot of this now is will be totally lost to the current generation, but to someone like me, this looks doesn't look that dated, which is quite weird.
3: But, so I said to Beck, would you take that out of there? She said, no. I would not. Anything out of a grave. <laughs> um, but Oh, strange. I, when I went on holiday to Cornwall last, I was watching this brilliant um, archae- archaeology program on mm. BBC Four, where they basically mm. they go around lots of different um, sites around the country and they um, do like updates on it. And there is yeah. an actual um, I can't remember where it was, but there's a uh, like a cliff face which is being slowly eroded away, and they're saying there's loads of skeletons in there and I think say, I've seen this as well you weeks, can literally yeah. go there and pull ribs and um, oh leg gosh. bows out of it and they're, they're saying they think this is all through um, uh, like smugglers and yeah. as if someone died rather, they, they would just bury them near the, near the, the side of the sea so no one would yeah, see yeah, them yeah. and stuff yeah it's really interesting but they said they have to keep closing it down every time it happens Was the police have to be in, in, involved yes. every time you find
4: um, other great uh, graveyards in um, films I would nominate um the Graveyard at the Start of um, James Wells' Frankenstein mm. and The Graveyard at the Start of Great Expectations, the David Lean version, yeah. that's probably the best opening 20 minutes to a film that I can imagine. The rest of the film I'm not so keen on, but that gothic mm. start with the fens and the, and the stuff. that And M.R. James, I can't remember which M.R. James story it is now, but he does mention... The opening, the landscape of the of the story of his setting is similar to the the start of Great Expectations. So put, picture yourself there, dear listener, in that kind of gothic hinterland.
3: Our chap, what's his name? Parkin. 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 Um, takes the whistle back to the um, hotel mm-hmm. and, and starts digging away at it with a, a pen knife, cleaning it up. Dirty, and,
4: dirty, dirty.
3: <laughs> and he notices... Uh, um, Hundred uh, things a boy can boy do. Can do. Yeah.
4: <laughs> I've seen this so many times. <laughs> do
3: you want to explain what that what that means?
4: Well, I, I, I have no idea, but I presume it's like a book or something yes. that can tell you how you can um, decrypt. Um...
0: Well, just how to do etchings and yeah, things like yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. and yeah. they used that I can remember from from the eighties from our childhood. Yes. There was like a, a bumper book for boys and a bumper yeah. book for girls, featuring yeah. Yeah. like here's things you can do, kids, yeah. Yeah. prior to the internet. Of course, when you're not on your
4: phone on your snes. Wow, yeah. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and they used, there was a brass rubbing centre in Stratford on Avon, which I went to fairly regularly as a teenager. And
3: Young, young, yeah. We have some some rubbings up in our living room. I I bet you did. we were very young. I don't know what happened to them.
4: (laughs) 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 Nothing to do on those dark nights.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, gather around the paraffin heater. Yeah, the hiss of the paraffin heater and the sound (laughs) of the, the
4: rubbing. Um, have we mentioned that the maids are laughing?
3: Yes, no, we haven't but uh, well the
4: maid's laugh and that is a bit which is also directly lifted from the original story but I mm. don't know I think it's um uh number 13 where the maid laughs at a question that the uh, protagonist asks um and then he says something about the maid laughed in the way that maids do or something like mm. that. So it's I think this is made by someone who has an obvious love for the uh, content and the you know knows yeah. their subject knows their MR yes
3: dirty hmm
1: inscription
3: ah. 101 things a boy can do quiz
5: Ist, ist, ist. ist.
3: So he, um, using a pencil, uh, he rubs uh, on a bit of paper to reveal a, an engraving, which is in Latin. Yes. Uh, did anyone write down what that... What, what my... I didn't,
4: but I know mm. what the translation mm. is. Yeah. is. We haven't mm. mentioned that as he's leaving the beach where he's found his whistle, oh,
3: yes. he
4: turns back to see that there's a silhouette in of the, someone. In
3: the far, far distance, yeah. which, yes. Yes, looks excellent. like they're
4: following him. And that happens in the story. Yeah. And he, in the story, um, he has a kind of, uh, well, not flashback, but a kind of um, vision of um, the rhyme of the Ancient Mariner yes. oh. and, the, and, and a section where, you know, if you look behind and see some kind of foul phantom behind you, how would you uh, mm. react, not knowing that he is actually being followed yeah. by... The Foul Phantom, yeah, exactly. which is, you know, the point of the story, really, isn't it? Again, yeah. Yeah. What we find with so many of these that we watch is that it's, you know, the idea of the rational person being con- confronted with
3: the irrational. things they can't yeah, really,
4: really rationalise,
3: yeah. yeah. So yeah. Um, I was going to say that but the vision of the, the out-of-focus figure in the distance made mm-hmm. me think of the Zygons in the paintings in um, uh, The Day of the Doctor. <laughs>
5: <laughs> but
4: you, you were gonna say gonna that. I was gonna say
3: that, but I, I thought yeah. John would laugh at me. So um, I, um,
4: I haven't seen the day of the doctor since it was on, so oh, I my, can't remember. My
3: kids watch it like once a week. Um, Do they really? Yeah. So they love Matt Smith. They just can't get enough of him. <laughs> the other day, they watched an episode which had the. Um, uh, it, it was the one before uh, the time, uh, the uh, Angels take Manhattan, where their favourite Amy and Roy leave, and they were freaking out because they don't want. They didn't even want to. See the trailer of the episode when they would leave because they just want to keep watching them go round, 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 forever and forever. That's strange. Yeah, well, they are my children. <laughs> so, the the, transla- the translation of the inscription says, Yes. Do you want to say it or should I say it? Who is this? Who is coming? Nice job.
5: Nice. It's
4: It's something like qui est. Or is it, it, it might be different in the film to what it is in the story, actually. Yeah, but I am no, I am no Latinista. I have no knowledge of Latin.
3: But as soon as he says it, the, the sound changes. You can Squeaky hit, yes. bum time there yeah, You it? can hear the wind. And I think this is, then you start seeing him. because Every time you see him, even when he's on his own, he's mumbling to himself. Yeah, he's yeah, he's yeah. twitching. You can see there's a conversation going on in his head, but he's half uttering. Yeah. But then after this is happening, you see him to completely silent. And listening, like you can hear something, like yeah, yeah, you can yeah. hear something in the distance coming. Yeah, you, that's
4: a very good point. Never thought of that.
3: And you can, it's almost like you can hear the wind, you can kind of hear the sea, and there's almost like a, a, a flapping of like, what's it, of yes, fabric.
4: In the it. sound design of this is very, very good considering it was made for TV in the 1960s when mm. most people would have been watching this on the tiniest screen with the shit of speakers. Um, when he. In the story, when he blows the whistle, there's an amazing line, which is, it had the quality of infinite infinite distance in it, which I think is an amazing oh, kind of... Uh, yeah, and poisonous. then as he looks out the window, he sees the white, um, white wing of a seabird flying by in the night. Mm. But then when you think back later, you think, is that a seabird or is it this mm. bloody thing which presents itself later on in the story? Mm. I'm not going to divulge
3: what it is quite yet yeah. so um, then we have him uh, watching this and the, the second one there's two points where I, was, I thought this is a really um, good rendition of, of the sort of things which you, you experience when when you're half asleep or you're waking from a dream yes. I often yeah, wake yeah. up because I feel like what's I've heard, in the corner uh, yeah or I've heard, I've heard a heard loud sounds. noise for me it's like I've, it's like I've heard a loud noise and then it's almost like as I wake up, it's like, there's a deafening silence because obviously it wasn't a real real sound. It was like... Wait. Yes. And there's a couple of points in this film where you hear that loud noise which is just it's switched off straight away as soon as he I opens I can imagine
5: eyes. you
4: sleeping like this, Cleves. I thought it while I was watching it that you'll be a t- twitchy sleeper because hell is the worst twitchy sleeper. And if anything disturbs her within 10 or 20 minutes after she's gone to sleep, she will wake up. With the most terrifying kind of just sitting bolt upright in bed, elbowing me, oh. in there, and then she'll think she's seen like something that's like crushing me or, you know, demented. And, yeah. I, and I imagine you are like that, please. Yeah, I am.
3: I am not <laughs> terrific. There's lots of.
5: <gasps> yeah.
3: <laughs> Beck said the worst thing is that if she comes home and I'm asleep, she, she said she hates the idea of coming up the stairs because she knows that I'm going to freak out. <laughs> and my mum said I was like ever since I was a baby she said if you walk past the cot I would like go you know rigid
4: you were in a cot until you were 14 though
5: please exactly yeah
4: <laughs> with like a baby's cap on and a, and a dummy yep oh, yeah. sorry." What a the, terrifying image! More terrifying than anything in this film.
3: It, it's true. I don't know the sound, the mute, the sound in this is terrifying.
4: Yes, I mean. the sound in this is is it's bang on. I've got to be honest.
0: And so the the next day he um, he sorry I'm doing our, our dreadful thing of never saying names. The next, the next, next one, parking. <laughs> no, <laughs> oh, no, no, it's because Parkin then gets into conversation with the other kind of man who's staying in the hotel. Yeah. The one who went, oh, it's all a bit spooky earlier on, to him, and he says, oh, do you believe in- it, spooky, and he says, oh, do you believe in ghosts? And what I've written down is this is 100% undergraduate philosophy that you're getting. Yeah. Do we, thought, this is, this is, this is Jonathan. But no, I thought this, I thought this probably isn't in the short story. John might be able no, to tell it me isn't. otherwise. It I was going to say, no. this felt like Jonathan Miller, Jonathan yeah. Miller, having been sat in an undergraduate lecture on philosophy and it just being utterly transposed. And look yeah. out, listener, I'm about to put on my philosophy hat again, is that what he g- gives <laughs> is he says, Oh, do you believe in ghosts?" And he says, well, the question here is what mm. are you talking about? Belief. And it's that whole thing of sort of knowledge through induction, things that you have seen for yourself. And what can you reasonably be said to believe in, even if you have not seen it with your own two eyes. Mm. And so he gives the example of Australia and he's like, well, Australia I four large cities and things like that. <laughs> Ghost. Huh. That's rather sticky one. Isn't it? I'm not
3: quite certain what you mean. I mean, I'm never quite certain what I'm being invited to believe when anybody asks me a question like that. I'm not even quite certain what I'm being invited to disbelieve when it comes to that. Not quite with you, old chap. No, well, well, I mean, you ask me, do I believe in say, Australia? Well, now I know perfectly well
1: what sort of thing I'm being asked to judge. I mean, we all agree what we mean by Australia, (laughs) large continent southern hemisphere discovered by captain cook four or five large cities kangaroos and so on on. and given that given that
3: one can perfectly well imagine the sort of procedure that one might put in hand to confirm
0: or on the other hand to
2: disconfirm its existence but not quite the same thing with ghosts,
0: does he so he kind of gives a uh a a rundown to say well it's it's logical to believe in Australia because there's so much evidence around Australia. Mm. I've never been there, but I can conclude by yeah, safely a, there's that a there is in Australia of what it is
3: as well. Mm. Yes.
0: Whereas he says, "Oh, but the thing with ghosts is, well, what is it that we're talking about exactly?" And then he gets very linguistic philosophy. Which at this point, you know, Wittgenstein, my man, my, you know, my favorite philosopher of all time. This only would have been Wittgenstein would have only been writing this stuff sort of thirty years before 1968. No way! So Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, very way, Wittgenstein died in the 1950s. Oh, I had no no idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you think about it, you're like, now, when when we look back, oh my God, well, the year 2000, that's 22 years ago. And that feels like five minutes ago. So I imagine (laughs) that Miller is probably, you know, this is probably, he's probably being taught it by someone who was either a contemporary of Wittgenstein or something along those lines. And he says... Oh, well, he said it certainly has the grammatical appearance of a real question, but does that actually mean anything? And that's what I just put 100% of philosophy lecture here, <laughs> and you know that's that's pretty much what he what he just says. And he kind of they, they says, "Well, you know, what do you actually mean by this? And is that a meaningful question that you can ask?" And then when he when uh, Parkin says says this, well, is it, do you think this is a meaningful question? Uh, the guy says. You've bowled me a Chinaman, old boy. <laughs> Which I thought, just in case, again for uh, maybe our our foreign listeners, that is in cricket, that is a uh, a very particular and idiosyncratic style of cricket delivery known as known as a Chinaman. It's a, a, a form of left hand spin. But mm-hmm. anyway, so in other words, it, it's uh, an idiot. You know, it's an idiom for you. Are, you've thrown an unexpected question at me there. So there's that. And he then kind of concludes by saying, you know, that classic, you know, the classic line from Hamlet, which is there are more things Mm. in heaven and earth ratio than a dreamt of in your philosophy. Um, And to which, uh, uh, to which Parkin says back, Oh, well, there's more things in philosophy than a dreamt of in your heaven and earth. And what I put is, Typical philosopher laughing at his own jokes. Yeah. <laughs> Trust Smoked me, bastard. lads. Trust me. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's as Descartes would say, <laughs> one has to look at all the angles. <laughs> yeah.
4: You
5: know, yeah. Well done. Yeah.
4: Yeah. <laughs> I think this scene is brilliant. It's probably one of the best scenes in every, any of the things that we've watched,
5: mm. uh,
4: in terms of it illuminating what the films are about that we are, Watching, mm. and I think you could do a whole podcast probably on this one scene, couldn't yep. you? Because yep. it raises so many issues. Yep. Where it's just like, do you believe in ghosts? And you're like, well, what uh, do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, until I, I think until I watch this uh, film, it's like, well, yeah, actually, what you know, what is a ghost meant to be? We've got mm. no idea because the guy says, you know, it revived spirits of people, or you know, mm. and it's like. Is that... No one's ever said, really, what a ghost is, what's have a, they?
3: Mm. What's with this and all religion for me is that... I, I always... I, I, feel, I feel like... I can't believe in anything anyone's telling me because... This is all what something humans are articulating. And if there is mm. anything... Anything metaphysical, anything... Uh, any reason to the universe or any, any kind of... Something which created anything or there's a reason for anything to be happening... Mm. It's going to be way, way, way more complicated than anything we could ever comprehend. Mm. So therefore, anything you come up with is going to be, even if you're on the right tracks, it's going to be like one millionth of 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 one millionth of the actual whole of what it actually is, and we would never mm. be able to see all of it anyway. And so mm. this similar to what he's saying here. But what do you mean by ghosts? Because you know mm. something along those lines could exist, but the fact that there's it's Completely out of our sensory um, uh, experience. There's nothing. Mm-hmm. There's nothing we can grasp onto in order to talk about it. And mm-hmm. every, and there's so many different people talk about uh, different things in different ways, but they still call it a ghost. And like like mm-hmm. you said, but I, I, if I say I believe in that, what mm-hmm. does that mean to this person? And, mm-hmm. and yeah, and it, and it makes me question the same thing. When someone said I'm a Christian. But what as a Christian means completely different things to one person than another. And it's.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't worry, ladies and gentlemen. We will be getting back to obscure Doctor Who references (laughs) and and references to sitcoms in due course. You're listening to Philosophy Today with the General (laughs) Witch (laughs) Findings. That got very serious then.
3: John, John, were any Doctor Doctor Who episodes filmed entirely on 16mm film?
5: <laughs> uh,
4: Dr stories one Doctor Who story because oh, okay. what I don't like is what happens these days is that stories now from the classic run of Doctor Who are now called episodes I'm sorry I will have uh, in my... and, and that's and that's the mistake what is a segmented form of the story. With the story itself, yeah,
3: I'm sorry. So were any stories so, of Doctor Who filmed entirely in 16 mm Yes,
4: be ahead from Space*. No, please. <laughs> it's a good one. Uh, okay. I think. We, I don't know. I mean, we could cover it. <laughs> it's it's where it's where the BBC and the Doctor Who production team see what ITC are doing with their colour serials, and they think we're going to have a bit of that. We're going to have a man of action. We're going to have TV's John We from the Navy <laughs> Lark, and he's going to be the he's going to change Doctor Who into the hero, yeah,
3: James Bond, basically.
4: Yeah. Yes, ah, oh, I'm, I'm so excited. I could watch. I was it very now. proud
3: of my daughter the other day. Um Yeah, so I, she, I showed her a rear window, Hitchcock's mm. rear window, and she loved it, and she keeps watching it over and over. So yes, I thought okay, like, I'm gonna educator on Hitchcock, I showed her um, Psycho. Freaked her yeah. out. She wouldn't go to bed. Which
4: is a little bit misguided. No, yes, yes. Gotta be honest. So now no, I'm trying. Not a parent of the year, that Yeah, so, yeah so
3: I've kind of regretted that. But then I showed her some trailers of other Hitchcock films, so she could pick the next one. Yes. Um, we decided on Dial M for Murder. is going to be the next one because that's we, a good one. A yeah, Grace, very good. Uh, Grace Kelly. Uh, it's Grace Kelly, isn't it? Isn't yes, it, yeah. it is. Yeah. Um, but she did see the trailer for um, North by Northwest. She goes, "That's just James mm. Bond. They're <laughs> just trying to be James <laughs> Bond." And I was like, "Yeah, very good."
4: They basically just invented James yeah. Bond.
3: Yeah. Anyway, back to I um,
4: would say, Cleves, that the best one to show up, I think oh I'm just checking which
3: one. The Lady Vanishes we're gonna watch as well.
4: Uh Shadow of a Doubt. Oh okay. I think Shadow of a Doubt is his best film and I think he thought Ooh. Shadow of a Doubt was his best film as well. Okay. And it is
3: I was gonna show I a I rope. That was
5: good. Right? Rope good.
4: is good, but it's it can be quite slow. Um, I don't know what um, I don't know what uh, what certification uh, Shadow of a Doubt is but it's very good there we are carry on
0: and then yes. that then builds up to our finale when first of all he I want to, first of all he has his dream doesn't oh, brilliant. Mm. Where he where dream he dreams he's, be, he's being dreams he's being pursued yep. yeah amazing sound and the sound yeah. production
4: is great the, it's all great the pacing is great then he has a bit of a Sunday mm. vibe, where the bustling busyness of the previous two days, you now see the hotel kind of empty, don't mm. you? Yeah, yeah, yeah,
5: yeah.
4: Um, yeah. And that for me is—I uh, hate Sundays. I've always hated Sundays because songs of the vibes, of of, songs of praise, <laughs> uh, <laughs> bloody um, last of the summer wine. And then you've got to get up for school in the morning yeah. and, no, and just nothing happening. And he's just basically sat by the fire and he's not doing anything Looks very bored. And I think it perfectly encapsulates that kind of vibe. That's not in the film. It, that's not in the book. It's
3: either, another reason honest, you, you but, don't like Sundays is that we make you do a podcast on it.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I've hated Sundays since about 1985. When I think I could first understand what a Sunday was.
3: <laughs> you had that realisation, you sat bolt bottle right up in yeah. bed.
4: Yeah, Sunday.
3: Yeah, Sunday. Um, bloody Sunday. Yeah,
4: but I just think, yeah, it just gets it very well, doesn't it? It really pinpoints that kind of feeling of unease when you're like, I'm bored. I can't really think of anything <laughs> so, to do. So this or, is this
3: is the day, um, the uh, the May to um which bed do you want us to put the ida down mm-hmm. on? Mm-hmm. Because what do you mean, uh, my bed? He goes, well, which bed? Because yes. you both beds. Bed. Both beds have been slept in. Yeah. Which uh, is, yeah, give me the shivers just thinking about yeah. the aspect of it as well. Um, yeah. So he comes upstairs and he said, well, I obviously only slept in one bed. Yeah. Who else has been in the I'm room? I'm not
4: in the habit of changing beds in the middle of the night. Yeah.
3: Um, they're saying that the only people who've got the keys are the maids and him. Yeah. yeah. Um, yes. But he, I think he dismisses it because he's scared of it. You can see it at that point. Yes,
4: he does. He does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He says, phenomena, phenomena, and then he just walks off because he can't kind of grasp w- what's happened, no. really.
3: I've, I seem to remember in the book there's there's more of that stuff going on where he knows there's something in the other bed opposite him. Nothing that happens on, over a couple of nights.
4: In, mm. the, in the story, he um, comes back to the hotel from the golfing links with the um, general or major or whatever he is, and the, a little boy has seen the ghost in the room and runs into them very scared. And basically, they're like, well, who's in the room? It, it, you know, I am I should be the only one with a key. So who's in the room? So they go back to the room and find that the bed has been messed with. And then there's this, you know, there's this detective work to work out, you know, who's been in the bed. But it's obvious all along that something has happened, which isn't quite right and i think in the story he kind of convinces himself that it was you know a maid who was kind of called away in the middle of making the bed or something like that but obviously what you've got here with this is that you see the scene the first scene is the making the bed isn't it so it's like that kind of when you got it's interesting this film because it it's kind kind of made as if it would um merit rewatching it which obviously, when it was broadcast, you wouldn't be able to rewatch it because it was 1968. But it's obvious, you know, that that maybe they flag stuff up a bit in a bit more of an obvious way for people that are taking notice, you know. Yeah.
3: So, um, goes to bed, doesn't he? Mm. And um, that's where we we have the kind of, it's It's really hard to explain because it's, it's almost like. Uh, something you would see in an art gallery it's, uh, um <laughs> yeah. on loop, um, yes. it's, it's sort of slow motion. slow motion it's horrible heartbeat sound effects yeah um Michael Horton's sucking his thumb
4: like weird back yeah and then he's like yeah it, it's it's really nightmarish yeah.
3: um I reckon yeah I recommend you watching this if you haven't seen it because we will now yes. spoil what <laughs> you actually do see the turn off now of what, yeah. what you actually do see. Yes. Um, And it's 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 similar to what he's seen in his dream, where it's it's like um, in the dream he saw almost like rags of material mm. following, following, following along the beach. Yeah. Whereas here we see almost in slow motion, the, the, the bedding sh- rises the bedding. Up. Yeah. Come on, James, you explain it.
0: No, no, I was just saying that that's, that's how I would describe it to someone. The bedding rises up. And starts to move around. Yeah. Doesn't say, and also it's like net it's one of those things it's where it's like, oh, is does seeing it lessen the impact? You said like, because the sound works so well. Mm. And just seeing Michael Holden's response is yeah. so effective. It's almost yeah. like for me watching it for the first time, I'm like, that's the only bit that's aged. Interesting. Oh really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought, no, I'm not, no, no, no. I'm me, not- I've always <laughs>
4: loved the effect and never that's- really thought that. I just it looks exactly like I've always imagined in the story which Ooh. is probably you know why it works it well It's so
3: for me. unlike anything you would ever you've ever seen Yes or seen since um mm. like it's just very strange it's very it's it is like a piece of surreal um yeah, 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 cinema yeah, yeah. Um, yeah.
4: and I think that's what M.R. james does so well is that his his stories are always the ghosts or the kind of the thing which is the weird part of his fiction is always something that you've never really kind of heard of before mm. uh, or seen or not seen because that you're reading a story, but you know, it's not something you've imagined before. So, you know, it's like binoculars that allow you to see into the past or it's um, a weird disembodied scream that pierces your brain out of nowhere. Mm. Or, you know, it's this face which is just made out of crumpled linen um, so it, yeah, it's always something that's yeah, just quite quite out of the ordinary. Yeah. And this is this is quite out of the
3: ordinary. And then the um, the major rushes in uh, with the yes. with the, some of the hotel staff, and they just. Um Try and help Michael Gordon, Turn the lights on. Yeah, and and, and as he turns kind of the lights episode. on, there's
0: nothing there. <laughs> no. Yes. Which gives you more the whole kind of in his head. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. A Stro- you know,
3: yeah. I was thinking he had a stroke.
0: And before. he's just
4: going, Oh no. no. Oh no. Oh no. And that's really quite scarring in itself, isn't it? Yeah, he's um, like reduced
0: reduced to a child, isn't he? Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um in the story they make out that um they have a kind of de- debrief the next day, and they assure everyone in the um, uh, they they assure everyone in the hotel that he's not um, suffering from delirium tremens, which is yes. something to do with yes. um, heavy drinking or something. That's yes, right, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as in the DTS.
5: Mm, mm. Um, oh, yeah, okay.
4: So, yeah, and that's how it ends in the in the in the story is that um, you know he's kind of. Um, he can't go anywhere and see a, a vicar surplus or whatever, a choir boy surplus without having the willies anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of thing.
3: So, do, do you want to mark them individually? or do we mark? Yes, them? I think so. Okay. Yes. So, what do you want to give this one, then, guys?
0: It's brilliant. James. It's really, really good. Definitely, you know, for all the reasons we've outlined, four out of five. Four, four out of five for mm-hmm. James. If anything, I would for- like it has been longer. Yep.
4: Yeah. Well, yes. Yeah. yeah that's- I would say this is a very strong five for me. So mm-hmm. it's up with the road. Yeah. Yes, and same. it's up with um,
0: whatever else we've been. Yeah. Yeah. What I else? think. I think. Whereas the road surprised me so much. Yes. Wrong yeah. Yeah. Every, yeah. Yeah. With this, there was that degree of well, I know what's coming. So I think. Yeah. But, but, but apart from that, but I did love it. Mm-hmm. Make no mistake, yeah. I love it, and yeah. I highly recommend it. Yeah.
3: Four yeah. out of five. Fantastic. Okay.
0: What did What did you give it,
3: Cleves? Uh, five. Five out of five for me as well. Oh! Yeah. So in, this rate. is up
4: there with the road, is it? Yeah, it is. As a.
3: As a... Well, we everyone gave uh, the road five out of five, I think. Mm, yeah.
0: This is like strictly now, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. That's good. That's good. That's, that's yeah, two high quality like things that I would mm-hmm.
1: genuinely give the thumbs up to. In four weeks, a typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me.
2: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra.
1: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
0: Okay, so that, that was quite a long one. So we can... Um, yeah, we can. Well, let's face it. This ne- the next one is, it's like mystifyingly short. and I was going to mention yes. that in many ways, it feels like this is like the first half hour of a much longer drama. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, That's the end. Wow. Oh, it's okay. a very
4: odd little nugget, isn't it? Yes.
3: Okay. Well, should we have James read the um, script and then we... Can... Go on then. Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So, part two. Stigma is an episode of the BBC's A Ghost Story for Christmas series made in 1977, the year of my birth. Oh, though, mine. Yep. And Ross's. Mm. It was the first of only two stories set in the actual year of its making and the last which Mainstay Lawrence, Gordon Clark would direct. It was first shown on BBC One on the 29th of December 1977 Uh, postponed from its original scheduled broadcast date of 28th of December and was repeated Mm. on the 29th of May 1978 scripted by Clive Exton the 30 minute piece stars Kate Vinci Peter Bowles Big Peter Bowles Mm. and Maxine Gordon the production was filmed at Averbury Wiltshire down the road for me and Ross and also a place that if you ever get the chance go visit it better than Stonehenge by Mars right which is it, also been used for the location for the ITV series Children of the Stones <laughs> exactly screened earlier that same year uh, the production like a is- Scooby-Doo <laughs> <laughs> The production is unlike the previous films of The Ghost Story for Christmas Strand in several ways. It's the first to be an original story and the first to be set in the then present day. So a contemporary story. Critical opinion is decidedly mixed with the decision to move away from adaptations of classic ghost stories. The main concern. So, yes, there you go. Yeah. So like we were saying earlier, this starts
3: with um, a red Sun in the sky, mm. um, very similar. Uh, beginning to um, uh, what? I'll come to you, uh, which uh, goes into a John. Do you know what car it is? It's Some kind of Citroen, wasn't it, or is it, it's a, two is it a two
4: CV? Yeah, it's a two CV.
0: No, uh, I don't like it. because he's I'm got gonna,
4: a gasket. He's got a two CV. She has got a two CV, and mm. Peter Bowles has got a Volvo, hasn't he? He has, yeah. <laughs>
3: Um, so it's a mother and a daughter. Um, are they dro- I couldn't work out. Are they just driving home? Or was it to a new they, house? They, or it's, it's to a, it's
0: a new, new house, house, I think, isn't it? Yeah. They yeah, talk yeah, about yeah. leaving the city. Yeah. Mm. They, so they talk about sort of leaving the city. The teenage daughter is very nonplussed about it, um, seems extremely unhappy and reticent. Like all be.
4: teenagers are. The
3: bright red, yeah, of course, orange, yeah, which yeah, goes yeah, that, into that's... the whole red theme for them. Um,
4: she looks exactly like Callan's friend, Carrie Evans, um, at the time. <laughs> And whenever we watch it now, I say Carrie Evans and hell pisses herself. (laughs) Um, She does look exactly like Carrie Evans did at the time. So I'm talking like 16 or something like that.
0: And then they get to their new abode, which now this is mm. one of these things. If you've been to Averbury, Ross, you've been, haven't you? I've driven through it. I never. I didn't oh get out of the car. I, I, need to, I need to go. Yeah. Right, I didn't John, get out of the now, car. Now you, that was busy. Now you see it at the end, John, mm. you can vouch, I know you've been, but, mm. but how they film it at the start, they make it look like it's in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. The cottage yeah. is in the middle of nowhere. When they yeah. do the big shot at the end, you do see that it is part of a larger village, which insanely, yeah. they just decided to, Build in the middle of this huge, which is which is yes. yes. When I which went, which is to kind it, of the
3: point. I was driving really. to a recording studio to do some um, voice stuff or something Woo-hoo! at work. Um, what well, you were doing, it no, I was directing it for something. <laughs> and, um, hi,
0: <laughs> welcome to Barky Car. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was,
3: um, it might have been Shh. like instructions for like installing a garage door or something. It was something incredibly boring. It wasn't
4: for Garador, was <laughs> it? It
3: might have been. I I don't know. Uh, it might have been. It might, might. I did work
4: for, I did a lot of work for Garador yeah. in the early noughties.
3: Uh, it might have been, you know. I but um, <laughs> They're not far from there.
0: They're in Somerset They're, or in, Yo- they're,
3: they're in Yeovil. They're near, near Yeovil. But, Home um, of
0: the Yeovil sheepskin shop. I was That's driving I was there, there to, yeah. early, <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> and it was um, very misty and fro- uh, frosty and cool. And I, I was not aware that this place even existed. And I was driving, Wow, there's a standing stone. Oh, there's another one and then you just realize you're driving through the middle of a giant yeah. stone circle yes. and it, it, yes. it was incredible very spooky
0: it's, it's yes. amazing it's, it's, it's an vibe. amazing place yeah it's brilliant and once again dear listener if you ever get the opportunity you're not allowed to go up and touch Stonehenge anymore Avery knock yourself out they, they're they very yeah, happy yeah, yeah. for you to go and touch them climb upon them if necessary yeah. there's, there's no compunction Huck about them. it Cause, yeah, a lot of yeah. hugging a lot yes. of hugging happens yeah, Ross, if we could do that thing that, you, that you've mentioned before, you could then insert a picture of me with my arms around one of the Averbury stones, yeah, I'd love, yeah. which I have. We, we, <laughs> yeah, oh, sorry, yes, I
3: remember what you're talking about, yeah. But yeah, yeah. I want to sort of go there, but we, we, we just haven't got around to doing it properly. So. Yeah.
4: We can That's go. So, yeah. um, it's quite far from me, though.
0: So we, they, get to, they get to this cottage, which is in the middle of Averbury, and you can see that they've got what I've put flares-clad workmen. Yeah. There's a lot of big flares being uh, being Stripping off to their waists.
3: (laughs) With with completely unbuffed bodies. Of course, it
0: was the 70s, Ross. Yeah, Yeah. it's a bit like... um, There was only one man... Robin Asquith. (laughs) There was only one man who was muscular and ripped in 70s Britain. And you, Ross, you know it was Dave Prowse. Mm. Dave Rouse was the only man in Britain who was ripped. Jeff Capes. I was going to say. Jeff Capes wasn't. He was just a mountain of a man. (laughs) He
4: was ripped. Just just a fat man with muscles, isn't he, really?
0: And budgies.
4: (laughs) Um, The house is very homely, and it's the kind of Mm. house I wish I lived in, because it's like, it's just, it looks like a house from my uh, ideal era of
3: like, Oh, I was thinking I'd hate to live in that house. mid September Why? So smoky. I'll be banging okay. my head on the ceiling all the time. Oh, it say, looks great. Nowhere <laughs> to keep any of your stuff. And it, I'm a small person. It, it just looks,
4: It looks so cosy and it's got like a belling cooker and it's got like... It hasn't got a fitted kitchen. It hasn't got any th- any of the shit things of modernity yeah. that you're told I, that you need, really. I
3: imagine this is what they think the cottage should have looked like in um, Beast's Baby. But, yeah, yeah, but yes. yeah, 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 yes. there's, there's yeah. There's a lot of an yeah.
0: over, There's a big overlap between yes, those... Is. Between these yeah. two. Yeah, yeah. And we're told that we, as they get to the house, we're told that we see these uh, our, our flares sporting workmen. They're trying to move <laughs> one of the ancient stones from the garden. The garden, because, yes. Uh, basically, because the, the reasoning given is that it'll spoil the lawn. And I thought that was, even though it, it's, a, it's such a brief half an hour thing, I thought that's that whole thing of not giving not caring about the past oh, not yes. interested in the heritage me and Beckel, we watched but this together
3: just, we were both very angry the fact that someone tried to move a, a, a stone exactly. out of their garden that would exactly. be the, the reason I'd buy the house yes. <laughs> yeah <laughs> right I don't
4: think in the defence of Peter Bowles and his wife it's not named as Avebury in the no. thing though is it no. so it's no. just like this stone could be anywhere and it just happens to be in their garden and it's like you know, in, this might be a world heritage site, but I don't want that stone in my
3: garden. Yeah, by would you be even allowed to touch that stone? No, I was probably
4: there's
0: not. Like, <laughs> there's, there's, some, there's a
5: lot of things about the seventies
0: that come up in this. One of them, <laughs> we'll coming in a minute, is as they're trying to manoeuvre the stone. One of the watchmen, yeah. one of one of the watchmen, one of the workmen goes to the other. Watch your fingers. <laughs> and I put that was health and safety of the seventies. Yeah. I was expecting Watch this fingers. to turn
3: into some kind of like, um, you know. One of those public information films where someone yeah. gets <laughs> crushed underneath something.
4: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do, at yeah. the start, are they doing it with um, just crowbars, or a,
0: or do they have a tractor? No, there, there is a digger. Yeah, which yeah. Is and that it's that almost like kind um, of industrial over the yes. nature.
3: Yeah, they cut. To, they cut to it a couple of times as they're coming in, so it's almost like
4: they're yes.
0: shattering that thing. And then do in. they
4: later on? They come back with a bigger tractor, don't they? Yes. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. yes.
0: Right. Yes, I thought so. So, as, so we, we see them trying to manoeuvre this out of the way. And, mm. and I think the most interesting thing that, that struck me about was, is that they go out of their way. There's not mm. been much soundtrack up until this point. No. But then they go out of their way to have them listening to the radio, mm. which is a about news Voyager, bulletin yeah. about this the Voyager probe. probe. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Yes! Gary Hunt on the last phase of the
4: Voyager mission. And the very fact that Voyager will by this time have left Earth so far behind offers us, according to David Hughes, one more unique opportunity. What we will mainly
0: see when we look back at the Earth is the man-made radiation coming from us. And this will give us a better hope at interpreting peculiar radiations that we see from planets around stars that might have civilization. Quite a few people have been looking with large radio telescopes. Life felt very weird, rather comforting.
4: So let's hope David Hughes is right and Voyager can in some small way. I be finding it. Incidentally, on the off chance that the Voyager craft itself... Come on. And I, thought, I don't remember that at yeah, all. It yeah, really yeah gave me yeah.
3: big sort of figure um, uh, of the, the last Mass, the ITV Quatermass. Mm.
0: I thought that, and, and I just thought it was that kind of supposed oh, to be like a contrast between the ancient and the modern, Ross. Yeah, yeah. But I thought, oh, they're, they're, this yeah. must be a choice, because it goes on for so long. Yeah, it's and I was, like so, I was waiting for that like to come snippet. back
3: into it somehow.
4: Our, or are we talking about Vija here? <laughs> well, um, <laughs> Vija. Vija, oh, Vija when it comes
3: back. Yeah, right. it
4: comes back into the solar system. And the mistake that the stupid robot planet have made yeah.
3: is that the, the words have been. Yeah, because, because there was nothing in its programming which said Voyager, wasn't it? The only way it was getting possibly identified is just by what was written on it.
0: V G E R.
1: Features.
2: V O Y A G E R Voyager Voyager 6 NASA National Aeronautics and Space Administration Jim This was launched more than 300 years ago Voyager
4: series By like and a number plate on it
0: and by listening to the music of Chuck Berry, in, C- in <laughs> <and the Bible>. <laughs> <laughs> filming women, win-
4: filming women having a piss in <laughs> a, in the toilet, <laughs> By
0: him, um... pay me in cash, <laughs> pay me in cash. That's one of my, my favourite By the way, oh no, for everyone, this is uh, in case you don't know the story. Um, Robert Zemeckis tells the story about how they got Johnny B. Good <laughs> into Back to the Future is that basically they approached Chuck Berry or Chuck Berry's lawyer yes. or legal. And they said, look, he, he, he's okay with it, but you have to give him the money. It's not just like, okay, yeah, right. Fine. And then, you know, we'll pay you. He wants a briefcase full of money. <laughs> Amazing. allow you to use Johnny Me yeah. Good for a set figure. And I, yeah. I can't remember if Zemeckis says how much it was, but he's like, yeah, and now come and give me the money, and then you. And they met up in a restaurant, and apparently he had like a briefcase full of money. He's like, "Give me the cash," and he, and he counted it, and he went, "Yep, yeah, fine."
5: <laughs> I
0: from yeah, now on, I, I want to be paid like that. That's right, in a briefcase full of cash. Count yeah. it in front of me, right, for and whatever I did. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, sorry, <laughs> it's, it's a great side. I think
3: my I think my mother-in-law told me the story um, uh, last weekend. Said that whenever her dad bought a car, he would buy it in in cash. But he yeah. would always offer them under the amount because yeah. he said they were saying no. But until you, when you start getting the money out and like counting mm. in front of them, people get so greedy about seeing it that they could often get yeah. it for, for cheaper. Disposable. Always, that's,
5: always.
0: I, th- I think it's like a, 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 a almost a generational thing or something that's dying out. Because you know, back in my days of working in Borders, back in, in the bookshop, people yeah. w- would constantly be saying, can you, "Can you do it less for cash?" But what? Like, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Loves in a bookshop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so let's say people bought like four books. So at the time coming to like 35, 40 quid. Yeah. You know, you you scan through the till and you go, that's 39 pounds, please. And they go, you do it less for cash. You are like, (laughs) no, (laughs) it's 39 pounds. Oh, I just thought I'd ask. And I thought, "Why is this? But I think it it must have been a thing. I I can remember uh,
3: being in a job, which I really hated. (laughs) And then i worked out how much money I was getting. Like per hour, then I would just mm. imagine that someone putting that amount of money on the table mm. every hour, mm. and that that, that mm. made me feel better about that's, being uh,
4: there. That's what I, exactly what I used to do in MVC. That it was literally just the cash yeah. going into my pocket. But I I have tried that in Waterstones, James, but it's for uh. books that are marked or damaged oh, in some way. Okay, not Fair just a book with a price on it. That. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
5: yeah. <laughs> it
0: used to happen a lot,
4: but anyway, wow. So, oh god. Have we so got think, to the woman cooking a side of beef yet? Not
0: yet In a moment, <laughs> because they come back the next day with a bigger, crane bigger, bigger, and they she as they're starting to lift the stone, she comes mm. out with what I've put: uh, pink seventies tea mugs, mm. that, those kind of beige <laughs> mugs that she brings out, are very seventies. That's my childhood on screen right there. Yeah. And as she's sort of bringing the uh, the tea out for the workmen, who by this point have. Stripped Stripped off off. to the bare waist. It's a serious job. This. Yeah. Um, They lift the stone slightly, Mm, and and a big gust comes out, doesn't it? Almost. It's like a lo-fi end of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Really, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Something comes out—a long-suppressed darkness. Back to your
3: IBS, John.
0: Rushes out. We don't see it. It's (laughs) it's, just—it's—it's just represented as a wind, and the—the mother of the family is sort of caught full on by it. She just sort of stands mm. there. <laughs> Poor cow, if it's oh, my yes. IBS. Long Your suppressed darkness. darkness. And then
4: <laughs> I had some Greek food. So
0: I could be the darkness's comeback album. No.
5: <laughs>
0: she, wand- she goes back into the house. She's all over. The- she's clearly all over the show. Piece of bowls rings yes. up. And then she just keeps going.
3: No, I'm fine.
0: And I'm yeah. just, you're... Hello, darling. <laughs>
3: well, no, we don't hear him. And he's not on Peter it for... Peter Bowles he's not on it for fucking ages. That's right. well, he's like a big cameo, isn't he? No. He's probably yeah. filming for the Man of was available. Yes.
0: No. Or, um, only when I laugh. He would have been at that time. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. Or Survivors. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I didn't
3: know he was in Survivors. I've never actually seen the old... He's in
4: the, he's in the first episode of Survivors and he dies.
3: No
0: oh. Spoilers. <laughs> so, after her not really convincing Peter Bowles that she's fine... We then get some like some scenes which are, once again, they're, they're almost like sort of experimental European art house in a way. And I think they're... Supp-
4: is this where the walls are cracking? Crack- and well, yeah, like but the- also
0: just like long yeah. scenes of her uh, just sort of staring at things. Yeah. And then like long yeah, could, shots yeah. of kitchen equipment, which yeah. I think was yeah. all supposed to... I, I was trying to sort of give you the benefit of the doubt. I thought this is supposed to be show them that, the, the world is awry but something's gone wrong or that maybe mm-hmm. she's been possessed by someone she's been, or, or something mm. is now seeing the world through new eyes I, yes it's, it's, it's a definite case of possession yes. I think in this and she starts sort of looking around and then this is the bit when she sees like a joint of beef is that the bit when and, and she just kind of stares at the beef for ages?
3: She? Yeah, an enormous amount of meat for like
5: three people. It's, huge.
3: it's basically a cow. Yeah.
5: yeah.
4: It's so like much they've blood got in that bag
5: yeah. as well. Oh,
4: it's disgusting. 70s. I've stopped eating i I've stopped eating beef recently and I, and I don't know how I'd feel about watching this again because it is like Literally half a carcass mm. in a Tesco carrier bag or something, yeah. isn't it? It's really weird.
3: It's, sometimes when you look at things like that, you you suddenly sort of think, oh, "Hang on, it is weird that we eat a massive <laughs> hunk of animal. bloody yeah, flesh. <laughs> flesh which yeah. someone's cut off of an animal somewhere, and then yeah, you know, you
0: transported it home in
3: in a yeah. bag." It yeah. is
0: very strange when you
3: think about it's it. This is strange, also yes. the
0: point when she then the mother starts to developed, like, she's just got, like, blood on her face and stuff all of a sudden, yeah. and, and we see that she's got some form of stigmata, that she's got a bleeding wound, Yes, which, quite surprisingly, for the 70s, necessitates her uh, basically getting get her boobs out. Well, you
3: say that, James, they got their tits it's out it's just- all the time in well, the 70s and 80s. You, but on,
0: on TV, on the BBC... Yeah, because I watched Cracker yeah. the other okay. day,
3: I, I watched the first series of Cracker, that's the and it's like, yeah. we, that's the 90s, please. Yeah. This is 1977. Yeah, it just, I like When I
4: first saw this, I was really quite scandalized mm. by the amount of gratuitous nudity yeah. in this. Was I saying, was very shocked. I
3: watched this with my wife. She said, Oh, of course, cool. here we go. Gotta get the boobs out. She, yeah. she was distressed by the woman's bra. She said it was, um, the straps were t- t- done up 70s. too high at the back.
5: Yeah. Yeah. Um,
3: the fact that she had a tights on underneath her knickers was oh. yeah. really she, weird. She thought uh, that was a strange um yeah yes and and this is when you have these sort of conversations you have with your long-term partner it's like <laughs> things like if you hear a noise if i hear a noise downstairs and i go downstairs and i see a knife move do i go and wake you up afterwards and was so, <laughs> like if it's a weekend yes but if it's a weekday don't and so it's like you put that in your little book of things mm. things to, to do it. um you know uh would you would you be freaked out if you had lots of blood and you couldn't know where it's coming from? <laughs> <laughs> or
4: or would you just disguise it all yeah. and pretend everything was and fine? Wash your yeah, bra and never tell anyone. And and, and ha- wash your bra and have a nice dinner. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, <laughs> with Peter Bowles.
0: So the, so so the mother then as as this kind of stigmata, she continues to bleed. You know, she tries to to hide it. Again, more kind of very art house shots of the house. All of a sudden, yeah. As John says, there's a point in which like the house kind of vibrates and sh- vibrates and shakes. Yeah, there was a shot a when you cracks. see
3: blood coming through something. Yes. and I thought it was the ceiling originally, but I think it's coming through a skin. Yeah, it's coming through a plate. Oh. Yeah, that oh. was that was
0: done quite well. Mm. Um, that affects. But then is very when, good, it, actually, when it when it does is the and the, the mirror cracking, <laughs> the daughter walks in, yes, giving you the feeling like nothing weird has happened this is all from mm. no the mum's it's yeah, in the it's mind the mom's of and yeah, yeah, the mum's you know, yeah, yeah. perspective is yeah. this all happening
3: because you saw the man with his top off in the garden in the 70s well
4: that is yeah. that seems to be the precursor of all this that she's got desire towards you know the tv equivalent of robin asquith digging up a stone in a garden and she's gone a bit got, had the collie wobbles it's it, it, it is a bit ropey this one <laughs> I found it. It's very charming. It's all. It's all shot on sixteen mil. Oh. so that's oh, absolutely fine.
3: Damn. I didn't. Have, I didn't need to
0: bring up spearheads from space. <laughs> from space at the beginning earlier, I did I, I just mind. written down Peter Bowles in a Volvo! Exclamation mark. Yeah. Yeah. Peter Bowles yeah. finally, as John said earlier, <laughs> big Peter Bowles arrives yeah. in a Volvo. As finally, turns finally turns up, up two thirds of the way through. And then, then follows, like, where have, the fuck have you been, Peter? To,
3: to misogynistically um, have, have
0: a go about, like, not being able to the open a bottle of wine properly. Bloody women, etc. very late 70s. <laughs> and then there's a very odd scene where I've just put, Peter Bowles is unnerved by the kitchen. That's it. That, yeah. that that's, <laughs> he just goes into the kitchen and goes, and hmm. sort of looks for things like some rung yeah. beans, which is a very 70s vegetable. He's special. never been in there before. Yeah. You know, you know <laughs> but he's it, heard a noise, hasn't he, in the night? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think I've eaten rung beans for over 20 years. Oh, yeah. I love rung decade beans. Decades ago. I really like them. Yeah. We used to grow them oh, on the
3: farm in the okay. garden. Oh, interesting. No, yeah, we do the roast for the kids. All right, okay. Shout, um, shout um, on them to eat them. They don't eat them. Fuckers. But I was trying to work out the onion seems to be the most significant. Because he looks at the, the onion, when he comes to the room, it's like the onion is dropped on the floor. Yeah. And yes. the knife. Yeah. And, um, and the knife is moving and the yeah. oven's on. And it looks like vegetables have been arranged in some way. Mm, yes. Um, but then he just goes back to bed. Yeah. wasn't he woken up by the sound of dripping? And isn't is isn't it the blood dripping out of his?
0: it's the blood f- dripping out of his. Yes, yes. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, incredibly, like yeah. everything we've told you—you've not missed a scene, dear listener. We've told you absolutely <laughs> every scene that's in this thing.
4: What I was going to ask, which I've just remembered, is: Do, do they say what his
3: job is? banking well he, he works for the man at Hell house doesn't he so he's just he's just been Aye. telling those people who are going into like the um because i was
4: wondering is he an antiques dealer dealer because a volvo is an antiques dealer's chariot yes. oh. and you know lovejoy and a morris minard called daisy didn't he <laughs>
3: where do you drag that out from
4: right I'm gonna out, my, out of so my brain I'm gonna look
0: as this. when he wakes up in the morning he finds out that his wife's that the bleeding has continued and she's barely conscious yeah. he freaks out gets the daughter yeah. who's also freaking out and he's like ring a doctor ring a doctor ring an ambulance for Sorry. god's <laughs> sake ring the- <laughs> like, and then completely not telling his daughter what's going on yeah just ring the doctor it doesn't matter <laughs> yeah don't tell them what's happened just <laughs> ring them there's a couple of great bits that happen but number one the doctor arrives i'm bearing in mind that this woman is near death he is the most nonplussed. i put unbelievable nonplussed behavior from a medical professional like he says what is this what's happening and he just goes I don't know
5: daughter, say that
3: right. Yeah, doesn't know what's going on. She goes in. Her mum's bloody boobs are like on display. And, and they're sort of they were like dragging her around. Trying, she's unconscious. <laughs> and this is another thing. That we, I said to Beck, "Do you reckon I could I could carry you downstairs if you haven't um, been bleeding all night?" She's no, because I'd be a dead no. weight. And I was like, oh, "Yes, to, She's Becky. Uh, I, I get the, the, Hulk, the strength of Hulk, wouldn't exciting. I? I think
4: but, it's a very odd and misogynistic kind of vibe, isn't it? And it's a bit disappointing. From yeah gordon Mm. lawrence clark or whatever his name is because i really like his other stuff but this is just like bloody mind you actually
0: he didn't write this did he no it was um right it's it's, it's, it's very phoned in it feels doesn't it it's like what's what's the tick list for what we want from a ghost story oh some sort of ancient curse a bit like we've just seen on whistle and i'll come to you oh uh can we can we get boobs into that? Yeah. A little bit of blood. Ooh. A little bit ooh, some ghostly colours, Lots of, lots of yeah, red. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, there um, you go. Right, so meanwhile, I was about to say, whilst being juxtaposed with her and then sort of calling the doctors, we've got the workmen continuing to work on the stone. And... The, don't worry about the noise in the house and the screaming. They're and just, amazingly, and they are they aware where it's happening out, because they talk mm, about yes, it. That they find out that yeah. obviously there is a skeleton beneath this stone. That someone yeah. yes. has either been killed by having the stone dropped upon them, or this person Ooh. was buried down there, Ooh. and then they then put the stone upon them to keep in the darkness, whatever it may be. And now, well, yeah, what well, we find, oh yeah, we find well, that. Well, that's don't we, what so. I was about to say. Here is our bit. First of all, and this is back to one of our earlier episodes. Everyone, brace yourselves. I put, what's that? It's a knitting needle gone rusty. And I put, <laughs> you're a country lad. You know what a knife is. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Come on, mate. A knitting needle gone rusty It's a oh. knife. But it's they, the first enough. thing they do when they see the
3: skeleton, first, if you found a skeleton, <laughs> would well, the first thing you do is pull the skull off yeah. and have a look at oh, it? Look at that. I, I would. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, one, I'll be, be too yeah. squeamish to touch yeah. it. But also, yeah. i would be like, i would be so excited about getting, like, Tony Robinson in my garden <laughs> to have a look at this thing. And i would be like, don't touch it. Don't touch <laughs> any of it. This it is all, anything. like, it needs to be preserved. But this is the 70s. they all yokels, and they're just this, don't put it, a knife out that. of them. Yeah. yeah.
4: I would prefer the guy from Villages by the Sea to come and look at it. I think he used to be on with Tony Robinson. But, um,. I don't like Tony Robinson. Helen and I once saw him in a Jaguar, in a soft top Jaguar, in Bristol with a young woman. Oh. He was driving past the uh, railway station, and we were like, "Look at him, champagne socialist, well, driving around my, in a fucking."
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I was about to say, I've got a Tony Robinson story for you too. My very first girlfriend, Claire, <laughs> lovely, lovely Claire, who she once said to me, "Oh, um, he crashed into my mum's car, not, not in not a, a Jag." jag. Whilst sort of reversing out of a car park, and she saw him do it. Scum. And then when she tried to say to him, Oi, you've just, you know, can I have your insurance detail, please? He went, Oh, can I just give you a signed picture instead? (laughs) (laughs) That just stayed with me. I told that story in 1996, people. Scum. Champagne socialism. James,
3: just, up here I mean, once just while you're at it, tell the story of um, Paul Daniels going into a fish and chip shop.
4: Hang on a minute, I found Lovejoy's car. Lovejoy's car was called Miriam, not Daisy. Sorry, oh, dear. but it was a soft top Morris Minor, so I was, yeah, right,
3: congratulations
4: to, to some extent. Carry on, James. No, no, no. Who was it? I Phil, don't know Phil Daniels going into a chip Paul shop. Paul I don't know that story. Paul Daniel, not Phil Daniels. You said your
3: your sister was in a, in a fish and chip shop when Paul Daniels came in, wearing a hat and a cape, and just said, <laughs> "No,
5: saying, not, is yes. that, what
3: is that? What is What is this incredible smell?" And he had, and his life was magic with with uh, the eye was i a,
0: a I've one. never told you. You dreamt, <laughs> mate. You dreamt that. I've never told you that story. <laughs> I dreamt that. I'm sure you've told me that story. that story.
5: I have never
0: <laughs> 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 This is a Mandela effect. Now you're saying I remember it, but I don't think that's a member of my family, Ross. I don't think that's I'm sure you said your no. sister
3: was on the fishing chip shop when he he no. sort of flung the door no, open. No no
0: no 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 no. Amazing <laughs> Wow Okay, I'll have to, I'll have to think on the, that one for the, you, people. I'm sorry, no. Although I
4: see... That's the most um, general Witchfinders moment compressed into, well, I, that we've ever mommy, done. Lovejoy, Phil Daniels, Paul Daniels. James, <laughs> and, <laughs> <wrong>. a dream.
0: <laughs> well, I was just going to say that today, my nemesis, my local nemesis, the Bournemouth uh, Echo, one of their dreadful, dreadful, <laughs> poor, poor clickbait journalism stories today is dorset twins who have brought paul daniels to pay yes
4: oh I amazing about that, didn't i yeah you did please i thought you were gonna G- buy it Oh no. In
0: inverted commas. Absolute- but absolutely how much did it cost it was like 30 grand, wasn't it? Or whatever. 30 yeah. grand for a toupee? <laughs> it was put as a magic toupee. Look, De- the look magic Devin, toupee. Devin McGee lives a champagne life style. That don't fund itself. <laughs> <good>. <laughs> <laughs> Devin
3: McGee <laughs> needs money for something, because there was so much yeah. Paul Daniels stuff up for sale recently.
4: Well, what's the... What would she keep What's, what's
0: Martin Daniels it's got on her? <laughs> 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 He's like
4: the <laughs> in all We haven't
0: heard from him in a while.
4: Oh. He used to have his
0: own he show, did. didn't he? And then what happened to that? Ooh. All I remember is he, he also did, <laughs> hang, oh man, I don't know if you have to cut this out or not, I'm sorry. But I remember that she did a thing, like in that same way, like that amazing one that Paul Daniels did, where they genuinely made it look like he died, and they like fade, yes. faded to black briefly. With the Iron Maiden. With the Iron Maiden. There was also one that Martin Daniels did with like a drowning thing, like a Houdini thing that Paul Daniels was there for and going, it's gone wrong, stop it, stop it. And like, <laughs> I remember that I mean, that's might be a Mandela effect, but him like trying to stop the trick, which of course was all part yeah. of the trick. But yeah, that's my only thing of Martin Daniels and his bouffant hair. How scarring. Yeah. Television. He's great. Yeah. Martin Daniels this is 59. No no, yeah, he's way. a member of the, the magician circle. Wide
4: he, he's the, a member of the Grand Old Order of the Water
0: Rats. Oh, yeah. well, that I've Illuminati. always thought is a bit like uh, a nuisance, isn't it? Yeah, for v- yeah. showbiz. Joe Pasquale well, after opening involved. a club <laughs> <laughs> with all of his talents.
4: After opening a club in the United States in 1989, he was declared bankrupt four years wow. later. That's a, He has uh, since worked in radio, presenting a show for BBC Radio Lincolnshire, cool. and performed in pantomime. And continues to perform magic on stage.
3: <laughs> One of the things she could have um, bidded for on that auction was Paul Daniels' um, membership card to the Magic Circle. You think, like, really? why you get rid of, rid of this stuff, Debbie? Yeah. You know, this is yeah. Uh, this needs to be
5: dedicated
4: to the nation. Debbie McGee is 64. So there's not much difference between Debbie McGee and um, whatever he's called. Martin Daniels. Martin Daniels, they, they could be married to each other,
3: couldn't they? Mm, it's sure. only five years difference. I'm sure. You know, I've, I've seen videos.
4: Martin Daniels and Johnny Marr are the same age. They
0: should go on tour together. Wow.
4: <laughs> now, this
0: is, a, this is just a... Don't put this on the, on the podcast because it's so an aside, but I just thought, I love this story. This is great. I don't know if you know it, John. But there was a thing the other day, just thinking about when people having to put up auction things on auction for money... And then, you know, when yeah. you then get the benefacts and buy it. And, uh, yeah. But apparently, there was a story saying that Cynthia Lennon had to sell, like, a load of uh, John Lennon's handwritten lyrics to something. Mm. And apparently, it went to auction. A private bidder won it for, like, big money. I'm going to say something like course of a mm. million or something like that. And then she got the money a couple of weeks later. In the post, the lyrics turned up note from Paul McCartney just saying, these are yours. No, no way. Yeah. And they just, it just gave it wow. straight back to her. I thought, what That's a amazing, top man. What a top sir. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's got nothing to do with General Witt. But yes. I'm just like, Oh, it's going in though. Oh it's no. Yeah, okay. leave it in. Yeah, leave it in. Cause, cause,
4: we love yeah, Mac. He's brilliant. He's a top, top man.
0: Anyway, right. Yes. So, yes. Yeah. So back soon. <laughs> We've we got to get this done. We've got to get this done now. That must be
4: most, the most
0: uh, tangent that we've ever diverted tang- from. A- <laughs> <laughs> Huge tangent. Fantastic. Anyway, so yes, um, they then said so the workmen start realizing that there's a load of knives. It's a rusty needle, although as they start pulling them out, they're so clearly knives. Oh, there must be a yeah, knife knives. Each corner, in here. each corner of the grave. Corner, there's a yeah, knife. Yeah.
3: British workmen. And then
0: one in the ribs. And that's where the. um she's been bleeding yes. from but they can't find the wound yes um, so meanwhile it. the rubbish doctor has gone oh well we best get her to a hospital then <laughs> don't wait for the ambulance <laughs> just like now just get her yeah. in just the Volvo. Like now once again broken Britain failed state you know you've got to wait like yep. three days yeah. for an ambulance now yep they get her, nine hours freezing. Exactly. They get her into the back of Peter Bowles' bolbo, start driving off to the nearest hospital, which I'm guessing will probably be Salisbury Southam- or Southampton. Yeah. At that point, a long, it,
4: It'd be a, a long, long way, way from, drive from, Ablebury,
0: uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then, without any real feeling that she's passing away or that she's dying...
3: he's given. He's given a really hor. He's given a really horrible mouth to mouth in the back of the car.
0: Very, is very it, close up,
3: yeah. and like, I was, I was mimicking the noises to Beck the freak just to freak this ghoster out. Sees from a it marriage car three.
4: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she's a lucky lady, Ross. Who <laughs> is it? Peter Bowles doing it? Or the Doctor? So Bowles like, is oh, driving.
5: Oh, oh.
4: Peter Bowles is driving the yeah. box yes. and then all of a yeah.
3: sudden Bowles just goes,
5: Oh no! Oh, ah, no! It's
3: pulling to a pulling like, to uh,
5: a layby. Lay the layby.
3: Yeah. By, yeah. She's gone because she's dead. She's gone.
0: No! Oh no! And then, <laughs> back then we have a to, helicopter shot. Oh no, yeah, we love that. Helicopter oh. Shot. oh, really? Before we've jumped, we've just got slightly out of sequence. We jump back to <laughs> Averbury where they're talking about how, the workmen are talking about how weird the grave is. And then the daughter goes, it's what they used to do to witches. And she's gone like Mm. kind of weird, hasn't she? i read it in a book. And then she went, that's what they would do to people. They would accuse of being a witch. And they look at her and then she just goes, read it in a book. And she's holding the onion yeah.
3: Thus. And, and what's the onion? Oh yeah. To do with the the suggestion? Yeah.
0: I don't know. Because again, at any point, have we seen her reading a book or anything? I, 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 you know, has she, in mm. some way, in the same way that the mum kind of took on the curse, has she received something too? To her? To her? Yeah, and it looked like she was going to transfer now to her. And it looked like she
3: was going to peel the onion. Yes. and I was thinking, okay, is it going to blood in the onion? Maybe. And then, and then no. And then they cut away it to the, the helicopter shot. Uh, uh, yeah, yes. and then
0: it cuts back to Peter Bowles kind of go, and then we get the helicopter shot. Row! Oh, and it, uh, it, these days it'd be a drone shot, the, but it's it quite an expensive yeah. helicopter shot. We see the cottage and <laughs> like as, the end of time. Yes, it. and then as as we see, as I mentioned earlier, you actually see that it's part of Avonbury Village, and you can see the that the, the, yes. the, there are more of the stones, which I guess yeah, for this, big... it is
4: a it's a great helicopter it is, shot. It is to be it fair.
0: fair. And although mm. I get the feeling it was, they were kind of suggesting that it's like, oh, maybe there's more of these things under every one of these stones. Mm. But yeah, it's just weird. This is quite strange, as you said. It's like a. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I
3: enjoyed it. It's quite it well. Oh. Yeah. So, uh, what what, you, what score are you going to give that one? Then.
4: I'm I'm really very fond of it, and I'd give it a good oh, three okay. out of five because it is a it's a jolly run <laughs> and it's a bit daft. <laughs> There's nothing really wrong with it. I mean, it's a bit misogynist yeah. and it's a bit daft, but in itself, it's a, it's quite a good time capsule, mm. really.
3: What did you say, um, James? John? Four. Three. 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 Did you give it a three as right? well? Two. Two. Um, I'm going to give it a four. For
4: half a, yeah, for half an hour, it, it passes the time. Um, the lady is weirdly attractive. <laughs> what more can I say? So, have we got um, anything um, horrific, something horrific this week?
3: Ross, have you got mm. um We have Secret Santa at work, and whoever my Secret Santa was, I didn't discover it was, got me this nice book here. Same. called um, oh, that's a good Tales good of Folk Horror. Um, yeah. But the, the one I'm reading at the moment is brilliant. Um, it's not mm. particularly short. Let me see, what's it called? Um, it's called The Great God Pan. Arthur by Arthur... Imagine, yeah. Yes. Have, have
0: you read
3: that one? I from? have. Yes. Yeah. It's. Re- I haven't finished it yet, but I, I really love the way it's kind of telling the story. It's telling a story from like the peripherals of people who have been touched by whatever the hell is going on. So mm, like, yes. Uh, like some guy, you, you hear the story of some guy who's married to this yes. woman, you hear the story of someone who was brought up with a, this mm. woman as a child, and and it's kind of implied I, it feels like it's some, something like the Babylon working One or something like that, the sort of thing. My, my, my
0: favorite love. living philosopher, John Gray, who is brilliant, although a little bit miserable when I met him, slightly disappointedly, um, he says that and mentions Arthur Mashon a few times in his work, saying how way ahead of his time he was. And I read Arthur Mashon because John Gray. Right about it. Okay. Yeah, really yep. enjoyed it. I haven't
3: finished it yet, though.
4: Living in Wales, yeah, I would say that it's Arthur Mac Macken. MacKen. All right, oh, okay.
0: MacKen. There you go, thank okay. you. I stand okay. absolutely
4: properly corrects it because I think he was Welsh. Yes, yes, yes. Was yes, he yes did yeah.
0: Lots of stuff. Lots yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. It's MacKen. Yes, I, I say uh, Macken.
4: I've okay. read quite a few, but I think it's uh, it's um, uh, Arthur MacKen.
3: Oh. So have you read this one, Jane? Uh, John. What's it called? The Great God Pan.
4: No, I know of it, and I think the British Library have done a whole of one of their compendiums mm-hmm. about uh, pan stories. But
3: I may even own I read... it. I, I I wait for a stage <laughs> just buying all of them, and <laughs> But I'm not, I'm not sure what if I've got. Any. I
4: read a really good Arthur Macken story. Macken story uh, a while ago. A lot of his stories are about a journey through a kind of weird experience aren't they where he goes into a house and there's people there and then they turn into different people and yeah very interesting writer but um no i don't know that
3: one um
4: did he do the white people is that what it's called
3: did he read, did he write who well, wrote randall's round not what no like no i no, don't no, well, you got i, I don't remember no that's idea. not that's not him mm. yeah so i'm enjoying that at the moment um excellent. and the, one other thing I, I want to mention is an excellent um Thing I found on Twitter, uh, which is mm. uh, called um, t- uh, Textiles Unexpected. Oh yes, which is basically someone's done a uh, an analysis of all the different um, textiles in uh, Beasts episodes. Uh, Beast Baby, uh-huh. which we've um, uh, so they go through all the different Laurie Ashley patterns and all the different outfits, the mm. the patterns on the on the um, on the uh, sofas and all that kind of stuff. I just love the minutia. Someone's gone into, into all of that research they've done on that one episode. So.
4: Definitely.
0: Awesome. Good. James, I have do. you got something terrific this week? From the last time I went to Glastonbury and a bookshop that you, all three of us went in together, I popped back in. I was like, I'll have some of that.
3: Yeah. Got yeah. That uh, I think Ross
0: may, I said Ross may have it already um the magazine uh the small press magazine Hellbore, who are excellent by the way we we thoroughly recommend Hellbore. um it is their guide to a cult Britain, which straight away I was like this is destiny because they just had a pile of them on the table in that you know in, a, in that big book shopping glass. Bookshop in mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> and I I was personifying a cult Britain. I like, yeah. and <laughs> I was like well this is destiny and this is for us in many ways shapes and forms. But just just from the back, I was like, this is our interest in so many ways. Exploring castles, museums, and manor houses, megaliths, moors, mountains, and lakes, this lavishly illustrated travel guide covers the rich history of magic and the occult in Britain, Northern Ireland, and its inextricably in the landscape. Delve into a world of witchcraft, ancient rituals, and cult ceremonies, from the ancient stone circles of the Cornish Wars, wealthy manor houses of Hampshire, from the windswept headlands of Northumbria to the golden streets of Oxford, turbulent Scottish coordinates and the rugged Causeway coast, this guide ventures into hundreds of locations. The magical links called the works of authors and creators, inspired by their strange, numerous beauty. The lives of the cultures, witches, and cunning folk who inhabit it.
3: That's like, so. That's the book that inspired my other podcast, the Dark Darcy podcast. Yeah. Mm. I'm
0: bearing in mind that we've just been talking about you know Mr. James and all the rest of it um, during our little break that we, that, that we had, uh, there, here is just a bit on the spirit of the Fens, as we mentioned. So yeah, check check this in. Their isolation made these fertile marshy areas excellent sites for religious communities in the medieval periods. But the lens, uh, sorry, the Fens of East Anglia can be dangerous places, notorious for disappearances and outbreaks of malaria. They're also prone to self-igniting gases known as willow the wisps, which have sparked many many oh. legends and superstitions. Whistling in the Fens is frowned upon, as it attracts mm. the lantern men, glowing spirits who lure victims to drown in the reeds. If you see the eerie lights of a lantern man, the solution is to lie face down, mouth open to the mud, until the phenomenon subsides. The toadmen of the Fens were said to have sold their souls to the devil, with a ritual that involved catching a male toad and hanging it until its bones had been picked clean. Once dried, the bones were thrown into a running stream on a full moon at midnight. All bones except one would be swept downstream. the stream. The remaining bone would guarantee psychic control over horses. A useful skill to have in these marshy areas. I was like, so What Excellent. a guy! Fantastic! So that's my. There's a great
3: one in that. I can't remember where it is, but there's this manor house where, um, when the the guy uh, who owned it um, sold it to the National Trust, the National Trust found a secret room up in up in in a tower with like a pentagram on the ground and all like all these magical accoutrements all around this. Obviously, he was doing some kind of working cool. up in there and just left all the stuff there. And um, unfortunately, you're not allowed access to that room and all of the um, magical items were put into a museum. But I thought, oh, I would have loved to go on. Imagine if you found that, if you were the one who found that secret staircase and found... Uh, any any yeah. secret
0: staircase I would have found. Out at the end of
3: it. Yeah, it's an excellent book. Hey! John, what are you come up with?
4: Last night, I downloaded from Amazon the Moondial from 1988 oh, uh,
3: yes made by BBC television yeah. pictures I, I, I own this as well we need to we wa- oh, need to do a podcast on this
4: I think we should cover it because it's really amazing I haven't seen it since it went out yeah um,
3: first episode's mental isn't it
4: yeah I really love the first episode uh, the music has stayed in my mind yeah. since 1988 As well, isn't it? Yes. What really stuck with me is something that, um, well, Russell T. Davis has said a lot about um, TV in this era and obviously he was, started to write TV in mm. this era. How much money they had to do this stuff and to do it correctly. Mm-hmm. And I think we're really lucky to have grown up at this time when there was a national broadcaster putting this stuff out at tea time to kids like us, and it probably changed our lives mm, yep. in some ways because you're watching this and you're like, this is this is brilliant. Mm. Like, no expense spared, dramas made for children going out on a national broadcaster at tea time mm. about a supernatural thing.
3: About parents dying in car crashes. And- yeah,
4: and it's really beautifully made. It's really well acted, and you're just like, what do kids have to watch these days? I, I don't. I have no idea. I mean, what do they watch, Cleves? You, what do your YouTube my, kids? YouTube. Have, they love Doctor Yeah, no, but I'm I'm saying contemporaneously now. What do they
3: have to watch? Uh, they that's watch on? They watch something. About, um, thing about some superhero turns into is like a uh, a lady who fights. Oh. Uh, uh, um, yeah and um, is that
4: on CBVs now or whatever, I, it's called
3: god knows what channel they're what they they've just got so many yeah. streaming things yeah they watch this really good thing from Australia called Investigators where they solve a crime that, that's yeah. quite good but yeah I tried to get them to watch things like that series of Dodger with um Chris Reckers not interested yeah. in that. I tried to get him to watch that Hetty Feather thing when we're when, in, interested in that. but
4: I've no idea what either of, either of these things are. But one are, thing but I do
3: th- watch a lot over and over and over again is the first episode of The Dark Towers. <laughs> <laughs> <They> just- <laughs> oh, really?
4: Yeah. yeah. I think that, you know, we were just really lucky to have, you know, people say, oh, remember when there was only four Ooh. channels? And it was like, yeah, four channels full of excellent yeah. content. Yeah and really good programs, whereas now a thousand channels full of absolute yes. shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I've got a record player, which I haven't used for 20 years, just wondering if you can turn it into a
0: bus <laughs> or a <laughs>
4: car, <laughs> and then it'll be a story of how someone is going to, like, turn their record player into, like, a something that can mix um, cocktails for them or something.
0: Well, I, I think it was just uh, that...
4: Uh, <laughs> Cleaver's obviously watching
0: different channels. Yeah, so, I, think I, don't, yeah, I don't watch channels. I mention this to my A-level students. I say, well, you know, it's like when I was your age. I said, so, you know, we were told about the gatekeeper model of the media, that, that you know there was all of these different stories or different these different ideas or pitches for programs, and you would have a gatekeeper say, "Is that good enough to get on?" And just like that, mm. that that yeah. the internet has made the good enough to get on bar no longer exists. Just put anything yeah. on YouTube, anything. As put it any old collects, shit on. Matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. get it on. Yeah. Anything. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah. And
3: yeah. 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 Like this podcast, <laughs> for example.
4: <laughs> yes. I think a democracy, what, what's called as a democratization mm. of the media has actually led to just standards dropping to nowhere. Yeah. And, and, and I was watching this, watching the mood, just thinking, this is really good. Yeah. Um, and it's a really quality item. And they made five or six things like this a year.
3: Yeah, Children of Green No is one of my...
4: Yeah, Children of Green No was on just before this, I think, 86. Yeah. And that's something I haven't watched yet, and I've never seen the last episode because I had to go to um, someone's birthday party. So...
3: It's on YouTube. I I watched the whole series last Christmas. um Yeah. I was just crying all the way through it.
4: <laughs> the Box of Delights as well is something else. Makes no
3: fucking similar. sense, though, if you watch it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's very similar,
4: <laughs> super, you know, similar era.
3: Um, there know. was something, there was a, I, Robert Westall, um, I got really, Robert yeah. Westall. Was it The Watch, The House? The Machine
4: Gunners. Yeah, the Machine mm,
3: Gunners. I, re- I read that to my daughter recently.
5: That mm. That's pretty harrowing. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Good the stuff. Devil
4: on the Road as well, which is yeah. very excellent. And that should be made into something, but it never will be now. But, um, yeah I just think it just made me think god we were really lucky to live at a time where people gave a fuck and they made good quality TV for people rather than now which is just like just get it on uh, <laughs> ah. yeah content mm. over quality
3: Engineers so they watched engineers all the time Just is where someone uh, comes and builds a shed in the garden for the kids
4: it, it, that's that's the thing there's no narrative dramas no. made mm, anymore it's, a, it's all just like uh, and that's what I'm saying about you know turn my record player into a cocktail machine or something. It's all like, it's it's quite cheap television, and I think that's that's the issue is that the um, expensive television isn't made anymore really, okay. unless it's like the Mandalorian or like so something like that. Like the BBC was making stuff like that thirty years ago just mm. for
3: kids. Do you want do you want me to put uh, Moon Doll onto the? Um, it's quite uh, long. That's anything
0: we can't.
4: Long is maybe an episode yeah. of it.
3: Yeah. Okay.
4: Maybe to review, like, the the last episode or something, but not, like, uh, okay. uh, you know, first and, six maybe episodes. Maybe first and
3: last episode,
5: maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah.
3: but I think that brings us nicely to end of what we are actually going to do next, okay. next um, oh. is... It is, next time, on mm. Jim Witchwinders, we're going to do another double Ooh. bill, if I can convince the boys to do it first will be Ghost Adventures the Ancient Rami yes <laughs> and we will be doing the most haunted New Year's year, New Year's yes. special from 2003 with, from Dick Turpin
0: <laughs> fantastic
3: about Dick Turpin so yes it's Ghost Adventures from the Ancient Rami yes and most haunted 2003 <laughs> New Year's year special <laughs> what
0: to kick off the new year <laughs> <laughs> have you have either of you watched that no Ghost right. Adventures
4: episode not yet no <laughs> Oh. The guy that runs the pub, like this ginger guy in a biker jacket, who's like 140 years old and sleeps on the sofa. It's amazing. And the, the way that the English people despise the American film crew is hilarious because they just, they're like, you're, you're just fucking idiots.
5: (laughs) It's brilliant.
3: Well, that's what you guys got to look forward to next, next time. Yes. Um, and, I think this is interesting. After we just talked about the the the, the death of narrative television and, and going on to reality mm. TV, and basically yeah. we're watching t- two episodes of reality of TV, basically. Yes, but um, we will be coming back to Hammer and all that shit after that, so don't worry. But until yes. then, ha- Merry Christmas, it everyone! Is. This will probably come out. I'm going to put this out on uh, Christmas Eve. Whoa! So ho Hooray. ho ho! Merry Christmas! I hope you get what were you? Want? Merry Christmas! Yes. and Happy um, festive year I hope everyone. you get your presents in the morning, and um, I
0: hope you're visited by a demon in the night. <laughs> yeah. I can't stop that. Amazing. Thank you for listening, no. everyone, as always.
3: Yes. Yeah. Happy day.
0: Love, light, and Bye. peace. You have been listening to the General Witchfinders. Support the show and continue the conversation at patreon.com forward slash General Subscribe and spread the word at GeneralWitchfinders.com. Farewell, and don't have nightmares.